Are summer internships going to be the next economic casualty of the coronavirus pandemic? That and so much more on this edition of Money with Friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast. I am certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, host of the Financial Grown-Up podcast, coming to you from beautiful Lake Mahopak in Putnam County, New York. And coming to you from outside Detroit, Michigan, where we're huddled up in my mom's basement making Stacky Benjamin's podcast episodes. I'm Joe Saul Cihai. This is the Money News Show that includes commentary on recent headlines and stories with thought leaders from across the financial landscape. We break those stories down into what matters to you our friends and we leave you with a takeaway to make it your own today's show is brought to you by tiller money your financial life and google sheets updated automatically every day easily track your finances in one place with greater flexibility than you'll get with any uh budgeting app head to tillerhq.com forward slash mwf and after your free trial you'll get 20 percent off uh if you decide to buy it so big thanks to people that used our link and um you're welcome, by the way, also to people that used our link. And thanks to Tiller for supporting Money with Friends. World of work changing, world of everything changing. I mean, just imagine the world of travel is going to be changing. wonder what's going to happen to pro sports. I, I've, I, I turned on my television this weekend and uh, they were showing people sitting at, on their computer screens racing cars instead of racing Aww. real cars. Imagine watching people play games uh uh, for fun, although I heard even before this that more people watch esports, electronic sports, than watch the Super Bowl. So that's appear- interesting. My twelve-year-old son does that. He loves watching other people play games, which always baffles me. <laughs> I get someone wanting to play video games, but the idea of sitting around with your friends and watching other people play video games. But then again, that's what we do with sports with, you know, it is traditional sports when you're watching other people play football or basketball or baseball. So why not watch other people? And, and they'll say, well, we get tips about how to play and we like to, you know, see the strategies and and it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, something that uh, I don't know if it's going to be fun or not, but it certainly is going to be different. College internships changing on wall street. Let's see which one of our friends is going to help us kick off today's show. This is Tim from the Faith and Finances podcast. P.E. ratios, stock purchase plans, Federal Reserve meetings. We must be getting ready for another episode of Money with Friends. Okay, this piece comes to us from Quartz by Karen Ho. Coronavirus means thousands of Wall Street internships may be virtual this summer. Wall Street has already seen significant losses in stock sell-offs as a result of the coronavirus pandemic. Now, thousands of interns might have a dramatically different summer than they imagined as investment banks like JPMorgan Chase consider virtual options in response to stay-at-home orders and reductions in clients. A survey of 22 financial services companies conducted by the Ivy Research Council, a hiring and consultancy firm, found 54% of the respondents, or 12 companies, were considering a virtual component for their summer internships, according to the Financial Times. Four of the companies are considering implementing a, quote, fully virtual internship program, while another eight were looking into internships that started remotely and would move to a conventional format as the pandemic progressed. The survey did not disclose names, but J.P. Morgan, Citigroup, UBS, and Goldman Sachs were identified by the FT as banks considering some remote elements of their internship. The move to remote work would be a huge cultural shift for the newest class of staffers on Wall Street, an industry that has already been hit with with historic declines 
over the last few weeks. And I do want to mention, as I always do, that I do have a business relationship with J.P. Morgan Chase. The internships are viewed as a crucial first step for young people pursuing careers in finance. Internships can provide not just technical skills, but can also offer bonding opportunities with like-minded peers and the chance to network with industry leaders. In addition to the move to remote work, the Financial Times also said J.P. Morgan, Goldman Sachs, UBS, and Citigroup are looking into later start dates, shorter durations for the same amount of pay as the traditional 10-week internships, and virtual mixers for students. However, a survey of student internship participants also done by the Ivy Research Council found concerns about the potential loss of in-person meetings, reduced interactions with clients, as well as network connection issues and inadequate training. Whether they're done remotely or in person, the biggest issue for Wall Street summer internships might be the actual workload itself. It is still too early to know how much of a, the financial sector will be affected by the historic unemployment rates, significant downturn in the retail, transportation, energy sectors, as well as the long-term effect on supply chains for medicine, manufacturing, and agriculture. After significant contractions in corporate spending on advertising and air travel, financial services might be the next industry to take a serious hit. I don't know, Bobby, I found that financial firms uh, find a way. My, you know, my relationship with any type of firm, not that big, except for financial firms, but it seems like where there's a way to make money, <laughs> the financial firms always kind of figure it out. Okay. That may be true. That's true. But that's also a good thing. I think that companies in every industry that can pivot and find ways to continue to generate income in this economy is a good thing. Financial firms do support a lot of businesses through loans that they are now making through loans that they make just in general as part of their business. And so it is, we want the, we do want businesses, all businesses to stay in business if we can. So let's just be, I want to be positive about that. Um, as, as pertains to summer internships, I think that's really a sad thing because I gained so much from my internships in the television business, learning hands-on and basically you find mentors, you find bonds with people that you're still connected to often very many years into your career, supporting each other. And, you know, look, all these virtual meetings are great, but they're not that great in terms of forming those bonds. It's just not the same. There's a reason that companies hold big in-person events. There's a reason that they take the interns to, you know, an amusement park. It's not just about uh, having fun. It's also creating memories and bonds that are different from being just um, online all the time. So I think about this and I think about, okay, so what's the, what's the takeaway? The takeaway isn't just that things are worse. I think it's easy for people, Bobby, to stop at things are bad. So I don't have this opportunity I had before. But if the key really is networking or is bonding or creating these relationships or learning these work skills, even though you know it's going to be harder, if you're somebody in that position this year, you just need to work harder to make sure that you get what you what you want. It still, I think, starts with these are the things that I really need this summer um, and I got to go get it. I agree with that. And the truth is, this is an opportunity for those that will do what you're saying to stand out because you can make the effort to, for example, if you're an intern and you're doing everything virtually to set up one-on-one, -on -one, uh, you know, calls, virtual calls with people that you hope will become mentors. And of course, your work will still be judged and that will still be a factor um, if they are hiring from the intern pool in the fall, which hopefully they will. I hope that the 
class that is graduating or the, I guess even many of these interns go back to school, I guess. So graduating a year from now, a year and a little bit of change from yeah. now, um, we'll still have opportunities. Hopefully those companies will be hiring and they will be able to be employed. The one saving grace is that it's, it's happening to everyone and it's a very equal playing field in that sense that everyone is having the same um, setbacks. And so it's not as if one person is losing out on this. Everyone will be equal and have the equal challenges. I think, I think though, a lot of people listening or hanging out with this on YouTube as we make this, by the way, that's at youtube.com forward slash money with friends. If you want to hang out with us while we make the show, Bobby and I are usually here either Thursday or Friday, most weeks. The, um, uh, uh, I think it just comes back to you can't wait for somebody else to train you. You have to you have to figure out what don't I know, which I know is is difficult, right? Proving the negative. But but I have to think about what don't I know? What skills do I think I need to learn? And then who are the people that can give me those and design your own curriculum? I always was frustrated when I worked for bigger businesses before I worked for myself when I'd see people that would say, "Well, my manager never taught me that." Right? I I, I, I understand that your manager wants to teach you that so that you do better at your job, but, but take your career into your own hands. Nobody wakes up on a Monday and goes, you know what? I want to stink at my job today. If you really want to be good at your job, empower yourself to go get it, no matter what the opportunity is. And one thing you mentioned on the previous show that came out on Saturday is that this is a time when you can do um, independent studies in terms of pivoting to different careers yeah. or even this career, if this is where you want to be if you're a college student and be proactive about learning and educational opportunities, because there is so much available online, which is, you know, a unique opportunity that wasn't really available in our generation. We had to go in person and go to a classroom. You can have your classroom at home. So in the time that you're not going to these trips and fun events, which stinks, of course, um, that is time that you can at least be proactive about learning more skills. You stand out from the rest of the interns so that when they do hire, you are at the top of the class, as they say. Yeah, there are some groups. I mean, some of these groups hurting as much as uh, as a lot of businesses are. I know there's a, 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 a great resource in Detroit called the the Detroit Writing Room, run by a woman that used to be the the editor in chief at uh, of the financial area at U.S. News and World Report. Just a, Stephanie is a fantastic individual, but she had all these in person classes and now she's shut down. She's moved them all online. And for a $5 fee, they're doing a lot of these courses online that you used to show up for and um, very low cost. She does a great job of vetting phenomenal people. I, I love doing it and I'm helping out a business in my area still at the same time. I've, I've also been doing, you know, I'm lucky we've had master class as a Stacky Benjamin sponsor, but those classes are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I'll say even if they didn't sponsor our show, <laughs> master class mm-hmm. classes are fantastic. Uh, but between that and Skillshare, Detroit Writing Room, like there's so many opportunities out there to design a curriculum uh, for yourself. It's, it's a super exciting time. And a lot of companies have resources as well that they will train you. And this is a time when you can get extra certifications and things that might also set you apart from your peer group. Yeah, absolutely. 
Uh, in just a moment, Bobby and I are going to have our big takeaway from today's piece, and we're going to be answering a question that uh, you gave us on Instagram. And in just a moment, we're going to talk about that. But while while uh, Bobby is coming up with the greatest takeaway of all time, no pressure, Bobby, I want to talk a little bit about Tiller because Tiller money is what I use to manage my money. And 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 by the way, when we talk about designing a curriculum, how about a curriculum to maintain your money better, to be able to track your money better, to set up a better budget, a forward-looking budget, so you know how much money you can spend next week. It's funny, I was uh, talking to a friend, and he said he's got three teenagers at home, and those three teenagers are eating them out of house and home, Bobby. They are just completely eating them out of house and home. And he's been so bored around home, he said, my home improvement budget also is completely wrecked. So so groceries and home improvement, he said, but the good news is he still thinks he's saving money because they're not going out to restaurants and they're not going out to entertainment places. They're entertaining themselves with board games at home. So a lot of things changing. The way to track those changes is using a tool like Tiller Money. You can easily track your finances in one place with the greatest flexibility. And the reason they talk about greatest flexibility is because Tiller Money is not an app. You actually use whatever spreadsheet program you like. And if you're not a spreadsheet nerd, like I'm really not a spreadsheet nerd. They make it super easy because they have a bunch of templates, but if there's something I don't like, I can just easily remove it and it makes it super easy for me to track the things I want to track and not track everything else. So for a free two-month trial, head to tillerhq.com forward slash MWF for more. Um, So big thanks to them. All right, Bobby, what's our takeaway here? I'm going to keep it short and sweet here. I did many internships in my field of journalism while a college student, and I feel very blessed to have done them. I met amazing people. It is a priceless experience. Hopefully that will happen for this summer's class. I do hope the situation ends sooner rather than later because it's worth a lot. But if it's not back, I think just do your thing. Make sure that you learn as much as possible. Connect with people. They are rooting for you. They've chosen you to be part of their sort of field team. Let's hope things get better. Yeah, I have really not much to add to that besides being being controlled. Now, there, there are things that you can't control. And there's a lot of news out there today, Bobby, about things that we none of us can control. But if you keep your eye on those things that you can, I think things are going to work out much better. Well, very well said. All right. We've got... Also, just give yourself a break. You can't control a lot of this. Yeah, I like that part. I agree. Uh, we are taking your questions here at uh, Money With Friends. And uh, if you have a question for us, head to our Instagram page and hit us up because we're taking as many questions as we can answer. We're going to try to do uh, one every time we have one. So Jay Varghese 81 asked this question. How high should my emergency fund go? Six to 12 months? Whatever helps you sleep, don't want to hoard due to fear. And and while, Bobby, I like that idea of having more cash on hand, what's the right amount of cash? Well, I think there's something in this question that we should, that I'm focused on, which is I don't want to hoard. So to me, uh, they already have an emergency fund. They're questioning how much more would be reasonable and maybe not have invested in, in a more high risk thing than just a savings account. So my idea for them is first, no... Think about what amount will make you sleep better at night. I'm I have a lot of anxiety. I'm not sleeping that well these days, just because all of the all that's going on. 
but what number is going to make you be able to sleep better in terms of feeling financially secure? So that's number one. And number two, think about the idea of tiers. So you have your emergency fund, which I'm going to assume is in good shape again, because they're worried about hoarding. Is it too much? So I'm I'm assuming they have a base. We just talked about Tiller and about looking at what you're not spending these days. Maybe take the money that you're not spending because you're not going to feel it and add that to your emergency fund and use that because that's not money you would necessarily be investing. That's money you would have spent. So that's easy to add in there. And then tiers. You've got maybe your three to six months that's in literally cash. But then think about investments where you can get to them after that three to six months period is over. Maybe you want to put another tier of money into CDs that come due in those time periods. So the money will become available to you as you go through that three to six month emergency fund and then set up some backstops. If for example, you go a year, can you set up some kind of lower interest loan, like a home equity loan as in another layer of emergency fund? So it's not cash, but it's there I can't imagine this going that long, but this is just adding layers and layers where you don't have cash that's not earning anything, but then you have another resource. So that's my idea. And that's assuming, again, by the tone of this, it sounds like they've already got a solid emergency fund by standard measurements. Yeah, I think I think to your point, Bobby, it's a series of asking yourself a bunch of questions. Uh, and the first question is, is how stable do I think my job is? Because when we say three to six months, you could be closer to the three month end if you feel like your job is very stable. And that's more of an opportunity fund than an emergency fund, frankly, that if something good happens, you're able to take advantage of it and not disturb your investments. But if it doesn't seem stable, and if you even think about worst case scenario, could we go into a recession soon? Maybe. So even if it feels good, how stable as your career during recessionary times, even if after we come out of this. So ask those questions and that'll put you uh, between those two numbers where you're at. Then the next thing to ask yourself is without my emergency fund, where's the first place I go for money after that? If you have a bunch of money in conservative investments and your job is fairly steady, once again, you might have an asset that you can tap without having a lot of worry there. And by the way, what, what, what all this process does, I think is, is talks about what Bobby, you were talking about earlier. It talks to that by answering all these questions, it helps you sleep at night. Cause you're like, first I go to this, then I go to this, then I go to this, then I go to that. And you see how many resources you have. And it's funny how when I would coach people through that back when I was a financial planner, where we get so worried between our ears and just the process of creating that four, three or four step plan of what I'm going to do next um, relieves a lot of that pressure that I think we're all feeling now. I think very well said. I did. I forgot to add one other thing. Consider whether you are the only income or whether there's another income coming through. Oh, good point. The, yeah. What the odds are, as you said so well, Joe, what are the odds? How stable are those um, in terms of the situation that we're in, in terms of income continuity? Thanks for the question. If you've got a question for us, once again, head to our Instagram page. It is uh, Money Friends Pod. And Bobby, we also do, uh, a lot of the time, we'll do questions where you can help us make the show. Absolutely. We do that on the Instagram story, so make sure to follow us there. Awesome. Uh, that's going to do it for today. Also more about Policy Genius, about uh, about Tiller, about Joust, about uh, Ubiquity, all of our sponsors, uh, companies that we absolutely love. By the way, we don't run if our sponsors don't run. So please support our sponsors uh, as well if you're in need of any of their services. That's going to do it for today. Tomorrow, Bobby has... Who's your guest tomorrow, Bobby? Uh, who is my guest? Oh, gosh. <laughs> 
Who's my guest? It is uh, Brad Klontz, Dr. Brad Klontz. Dr. Brad Klontz. Good. I like talking behavior. It's a great time to talk behavior now. He is a man with many uh, wise, a lot of wisdom. Yes, yes. So Bobby and Dr. Klontz tomorrow. I'm Joe. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Well, they'll see you back here tomorrow at Money with Friends. Bye-bye. This show is created and hosted by Joe Salcihai and Bobby Rebel, and is a joint venture of BRK Media LLC and Stacking Benjamins LLC, copyright 2020. Ryan Sini and Nicole Thornhill from Pro Podcast Solutions engineered this show, and Ashley Wall is the producer. For a list of the thought leaders who appear on the podcast, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be a part of the show. As with anything, remember, you shouldn't take advice from any of us or other video or podcasts without first talking to your financial advisor and that the people in this episode are here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you back here next time with another episode of Money with Friends. Money with Friends.